Hey everybody, it's Pastor Dominic from Gold Street Garden Church. We're so thankful to have you on the podcast. Today's message is entitled, Walk Worthy. In Ephesians chapter 4, verse 1, Paul says, I therefore, a prisoner of the Lord, beseech you to walk worthy of the calling with which you were called. We've been going through passages in the Bible on the fear of the Lord, and this night we truly went after the reality that God is calling us into an awareness of his presence and to approach his presence in such a way that we understand by the spirit his worth and this is something we have to grow in daily and the more we are impacted by his worth we will walk worthy and be graced to walk worthy so i pray that this message blesses you we love you all God bless. Before we go any further into the work, could everybody just lift their hands? Father, we need a fresh glimpse of your son tonight. Father, allow the worth of Jesus to expose every worthless thing we waste time with. Father, let us tonight, let it be revealed that we can't walk worthy until we fall daily before you. Father, I thank you that you would take these words and you would bring them to life by the Spirit of God from the pages of your holy word. Father, I thank you that tonight that the opinion of man would not be exalted, but the truth of God. There is so much corruption in this world right now, but Lord, your plan and purpose will prevail. Tonight, Lord, we break the spirit of distraction. We break the spirits of oppression. And we thank you that as the gospel goes forth, that the Holy Spirit would arrest every demonic oppression that's trying to keep people from seeing Jesus for who he really is. Father, we refuse to just have another motivational message, just another service of hype and emotionalism. We thank you that Emmanuel is here, God with us. Do what only you can do tonight. In Jesus' name, everyone say, amen. Thank you so much, worship team. We've been talking, thank you. We've been talking about the fear of the Lord. How many people, thank you so much. How many people know that the fear of the Lord is in the Bible? Can we at least get that? You know, the, the, not only is the fear of the Lord in the Bible, but it is from Genesis to Revelation, a focal point in Scripture. And without the fear of the Lord, all you have is fear. With the fear of the Lord, it is so important that we understand the weightiness of his presence. I like to sometimes help people just see in this context that if you saw a lion walk into the room or you saw a little cat walk into the room, you would have a different reverence for the lion than you did the cat. Is that true? And a lot of times when it comes to church, and Nate brought it up earlier, sometimes our perception of God or the way that we've heard about God makes us lax in our approach to him and to his word and that we, we appropriate And we approach the word based off what we need, our comfort level, all these different things. And God is calling a bride, calling a remnant into a devotion to him. And what I really feel led to to speak on tonight as we continue this thread is tonight I want everybody to say, walk worthy. Now, 
the scriptures actually tell us, and we'll, we'll read it in Ephesians chapter 4, where it says to walk worthy of the calling in which you were called to. Now just think about that. What were you called into? You were called out of darkness into his marvelous light. You were called out of darkness into the kingdom of the son of his love. How do you walk worthy of that? How do you walk worthy of that? The truth is, is you cannot on your own self-will, your own self-effort, but he has called us to walk higher. And as we read in Revelation, you'll even hear that there was the sound of a trumpet, that there was a voice that said, come up here. Everyone say, come up here. That there is a higher reality than what we see right now in our world. The enemy is doing everything he can to say, look at me. Look at me and how intimidating I am. Look at me and how your world is always going to be hopeless. Look at me, church. Look at me, church, and get distracted and get even mad and, and, and think that we can just solve things with natural solutions. The enemy is, is it's like a rodeo clown at a bull show just trying to get us all worked up and trying to get us. But you see, God is saying, come up higher. Realize that no matter what is going on in this world right now, that there is a worship set that is eternally going on. And if we would tap into that, if we would gravitate up into that, instead of being so focused on these things, we would immediately realize that he has empowered us to walk worthy in this moment. And your life will either reveal that he is worthy or it will reveal that you love your life too much to notice his worth. Your life will, will either reveal he is worthy or your life will reveal that you love yourself too much to notice his worth. There are so many people that don't notice how worthy he is because they love themselves. Did you know the scriptures tell us over and over, Jesus himself said, deny yourself. He even went as far to say as to hate yourself. Now, is he saying to hate who he's created you to be with the spirit of God? No, that is not. But he is telling you that who you were, who you are before you know Jesus, you are detestable to God because of your sin nature. But his spirit work on the inside of you has made you desirable to him. How amazing is that? To go from detestable to desirable, all because of his finished work. Did you know that's how powerful the work of salvation is? But sometimes we, we look at it as a ho-hum thing and we have to learn to walk worthy. And I stand before you here tonight, has anybody heard of the, the story of the multiplying of the bread? That, that there's the 5,000 and there's also the 4,000. There's two accounts, but the feeding of the 5,000 is actually the only miracle that's found in all four gospels. Isn't that unique? And one of the things about that story is there was 5,000 men plus their families. So we only hear about the 5,000 men, but there was one boy that wasn't even counted as the 5,000 men. It was a boy that had a little lunch. He had five barley loaves and two fish. And he willingly, could you imagine if there was 5,000 plus people and there was no food? Wouldn't it actually, if somebody had five loaves and two fish, wouldn't that actually cause more of a problem? Because it's like, who are we gonna, we're gonna have to only give this to a few people, then everybody else is gonna be mad. It would have actually created a problem but this little boy, what does the Bible say to come as a child? This little boy thought that his lunch would be something that Jesus could use. I want to tell you tonight that as a minister and as all of us as ministers going after preaching the gospel, tonight I want you to know that I just want to give my lunch to him so that he can give it to all of you. And that, you see, your lunch could just be this day because this day is just a little lunch in eternity. You could give him your attention for this night and that's just a little lunch 
that he can make last all eternity. If you would just give him what you have right now. Give him all of your attention. Give him something to work with. And the problem is with pride is that pride wants to manufacture, but humility distributes. Pride wants to manufacture a restaurant and say, everybody come hear what I've done. But humility says, I'm going to let him distribute what I've surrendered to him. And tonight, I want us to dive in because as we were worshiping earlier, I do want to say that I've, I'm at a place in life where I've never felt more full than when I'm emptying myself before him. I've never felt more full than when I'm emptying myself before him because I, I know that when I pour my heart out and I give him my lunch, my little bit, that he fills me to overflowing with as much as he can and that I'll let him. And there's three things that I want to share as we talk about walk worthy. So if you're taking notes, the Lord has brought practical application that this will help you. Everyone say, pursue his worth. You could say pursue him, but I, I want to make sure we emphasize his worth tonight. Pursue his worth. Number two, expose the fake. Say it out loud, expose the fake. And three, advance the real. So what happens is when we pursue his worth, when we see how worthy he is, he exposes our worthless endeavors. He exposes what's fake in our lives. It's just like anything. If this room was dark, you can't tell what needs to be clean. But as the lights get brighter and brighter, you begin to see, oh, there's something there. There's something there. And he is light. And we were walking in darkness. And there are still, even when you get born again, you have to renew your mind because there can still be a lot of darkness in your mind even though there is light in your spirit that you have to allow it to get exposed so the enemy doesn't have room to bring strongholds of thought into your life, amen? Do you understand? I, I, I once, the Lord has, the Bible says in Romans 12 too, be not conformed to this world and the word conform just means to go with the flow and just allow it to happen. Does anybody see what's going on in our world right now? I don't want us to get in an uproar over it, but I do want you to understand that the enemy, we were praying about this Sunday, the enemy is trying to destroy identity with everything inside of him. And even the church is falling for it. Do you understand that? That I, I, we will not allow the world to have the conversation, we will not ignore the conversations of the world in the church because we are not gonna allow our kids to be exposed to the world without the church saying that is not holy, that is not righteous, that is not okay in God's eyes. Do you understand? that? I, I just wanna break it down for you real quick. Sometimes you can, you know how the enemy, the enemy is very clever, but he doesn't hide himself well. In a sense of this, I want you to know that even everything that is going on with sexual identification in our society, you do have to realize that this is a war on identity because God created what? He created humans, male and female. That means that there is a unique way for a woman to encounter God, and there's a unique way for a man to encounter God. And he created it that way so the enemy knows if he can confuse the very core of identity that they can't uniquely meet God in the way that they were created to. Do you understand that? And the enemy will get it down to the core with this, but then you have to realize that what is it that they, they say? What is the enemy's propaganda? Because it's a spirit, it's not humans. Do you understand that? that you, if you don't get that, our war is not with flesh and blood, but it's against what? Principalities and powers and darkness. Pride! That's what they use. Pride! To be prideful of wickedness. To be prideful of wickedness. But it doesn't stop there. They use God's symbol of a covenant. A rainbow. It's the enemy making a mockery. But it doesn't even stop there because they have pronouns that you have to address them as. And did you notice it won't be singular? It's what? It's plural. They, them. Because they have a cast of legion with them. 
The enemy is even saying, we're here. It's not him or her, it's they. It's them. It's all over it. Do you, have to, you have to get this in your heart. You have to understand that the enemy, but did you know when you bring light to that darkness, you don't have to be intimidated that what they're trying to do is they're trying to intimidate the church to say, we're not gonna talk about that. We're not gonna, they're gonna try that because it's not even about that agenda. It's about the enemy trying to get the church intimidated to not preach the gospel, to not preach holiness, to not preach righteousness. If you don't know his worth, you will buckle under intimidation because you love your life. And if you love your life, you don't want to go to jail for the gospel. If you love your life, you're not willing to take a bullet for the gospel. I want to read something to you. Hebrews chapter 2. We've been saying that there's very clear definitions of the fear of the Lord. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Everyone say that. The fear of the Lord so that means if you don't know the fear of the Lord, you're, you're dumb. It, the Bible actually says that he who does not believe in God is a fool. So I'm not being unscriptural on that. I want you all to realize that it's very important that you understand how, how real he is and how here he is. Because the fear of the Lord is living your life like God is watching. If you can live your life and it's, and could, I, I like to give this example. I heard it a long time ago. But, you know, if your grandmother was in the room with you all the time, there are certain people in this room that I would never do that if my grandmother was watching. Isn't that true? Or my parents or somebody that, but if you're willing to not sin because of a man's presence, but not the presence of God. These are things you have to ask yourself because it helps take us into a deeper reality of his presence. But Jesus came as a man to show us that he could live this life. And he had everything at his disposal, yet he chose to lay it all down to show us what true power was. True power is not having all the power of God. It's laying all the power down and yielding and being completely dependent upon his voice. Jesus could have came here and just run roughshod, just said, this is how it's gonna be, but he came humbly to show us that true power for all of us is found in humility. That every day you should find ways to put others ahead of you. You should find ways to honor one another. Tonight, you know, even on your way out of here, you should go up to people and you should just honor them in a sense of, you know what? You are created in God's image. Bless you. You know, we need to, I know it seems like casual, but we could speak life into one another, speak the word over each other. Amen? Amen. Fear of the Lord is also it says in Isaiah 33 that the fear of the Lord is God's treasure. And what does the Bible say? Wherever your treasure is there, your heart is also. So if the fear of the Lord is God's treasure, we find his heart in the fear of the Lord. The fear of the Lord is also to hate evil. We are not okay with evil. We are not tolerant of evil. I've said multiple times that the Lord's patience doesn't reveal his tolerance of sin, but his mercy for repentance. Do you understand? The Lord's patience does not reveal tolerance of sin, but his mercy for repentance. How many people are thankful God was patient with you? If you just get that revelation alone, that'll help you from freaking out and flipping out at other people. Because you realize he was patient with you. And it's time to sow that into one another because it's the goodness of God that leads a man to repentance. And when we're patient with others, we're giving them more time to experience his goodness. Because patience is a fruit of him. You can't self-will patience. Patience is encountering him and learning how patient he was with you. He'll teach you how to be patient with others. 
How many want to learn to be more patient with others? How many, you know, if, we, if we're real with each other, it hasn't been that long since some of you have fl- flew off the rails at somebody. Maybe even in your own home. Maybe somebody messed your drink up at a restaurant. They're all people. And we need to, we need to make sure we're, we're watchful there. So Hebrews 2 says this. If you go to verse 10, how many people love Scripture? Nate said it earlier, you need to read this every day. You have to understand the enemy is not casual in his attacking you every day, so you can't be casual in your reading and praying. If he's fully committed to taking you out, what makes you think you can just be lax? But the greater thing that you need to know is that you're not just trying to defend yourself, you're going after the most worthy person there is. You shouldn't need extra motivation to love Jesus. Amen. We need a revelation of his worth. Hebrews 2 verse 10, for it was fitting for him, speaking of Jesus, for whom are all things. (laughs) Can you just, sometimes you just got to read the scripture. All things. And by whom are all things. So when you are concerned about many things, you are not looking at the one from whom all things. (laughs) Do you see how simple that all of our problems are because we take our eyes off the one who is worthy? We take our eyes off the one who is all things. We make big things out of things that are already under his feet. They're already under his feet And it's like we're trying to lift his foot up and be like, but don't you see this? He's already, he's above all. The Bible says in Colossians chapter three, set your mind on things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of the father. Set your mind. Does that mean that you have to make sure you don't let your mind wander? That when you hear bad news, The Bible says, fear no bad news, trust in the Lord. That bad news tries to take you out of sync with keeping your mind on him. Isaiah 26, three, keep your mind upon the Lord and he will keep you in perfect peace. Trust in Yahweh, the everlasting rock. Amen. Bringing many sons to glory. How many people are thankful he's brought us to glory? <laughs> Just read the scriptures and get excited. So many people are like, I need a word. Read the Bible. I'm getting excited right now. Bringing many sons to glory to make the captain of their salvation perfect through sufferings. For both he who sanctifies and those who are being sanctified are all of one, for which reason he is not ashamed to call them brethren. Jesus is not ashamed that he came as a man and he's calling us all his what? His brethren, his family. Now, this is, now listen to this verse, what it says. Jesus says, I will declare your name, God's name, to my brethren. Where? In the midst of the assembly, I will sing praise to you. Jesus wants to lead his family in worship. Could you imagine Jesus leading worship? This says right here, I will declare your name to my brethren in the midst of the assembly. I will sing praise to you. Can anybody imagine what Jesus' voice sounds like? You think you've heard Stephanie Gretz sing. Or you think you've heard Jonathan and Melissa Helser. You think you've heard some of these amazing voices. What happens when Jesus sings? Well, I know I I hear a lot of people fall face down in heaven. Do you know why they fall face down? It's because there's only one face worthy to look at. The reason we fall face down here is because we are just practicing what happens when we stand before him. And I'm telling you, if you are casual about your expression of worship right now, I challenge you to read Revelation 4 and 5 over and over again. 
and you find out how worthy he is. You find out how majestic he is. And that even, it actually says that the four living creatures up there, it says they're covered in eyes. Why? It takes all these different perceptions to even begin to understand who he is. And all they continue to do is keep saying, holy, holy, holy. Where his worth is known, worship is the uncontested response. Where he is known, where his worth is known, because even the devil's known, where his worth is known, worship is the uncontested response. This is the only time worship is optional. What are you doing with your options? Because once you know him, you would realize you don't have options anymore. That's why he's Lord. But he sings, and then it says, and again, I will put my trust in him, and again, here am I and the children whom God has given me. Inasmuch then as the children have partaken of flesh and blood, he himself likewise shared in the same, that through death, how many people believe Jesus died and rose again? If you don't believe that, you, you, you are not a believer. I just want you to know, we got to clarify. It's not just saying a prayer. It's understanding that he died and rose again and that he's alive right now and that he sent his Holy Spirit to empower us to live a life of righteousness and holiness. You know what I pray over my children every night before I put them to bed? I say, Lord, I thank you that they will have a zeal for holiness and righteousness. I don't just say, God, I pray that all their dreams come true. No, because we, what does the world say? You can do anything. You can do anything you put your mind to. That's selfishness. You can do anything God tells you to do. I want to hear what he's saying. Did you know, do you think Abraham's dream was to sacrifice his son on a mountain? Do you think Noah's dream was to build an ark? Do you think sometimes when we, we try to categorize what, what it is in today's culture that God's just going to make all your dreams come true, I would really like you to read Hebrews 11. When you read the hall of faith. Did you know the disciples while they were the apostles, when they were getting their heads cut off, when they were going to prison, did you know that they thought that that was the last days? They probably thought they were in tribulation the way that they were being treated. That's why they said he could be coming back at any time. And we live in our comfort. You know, uh, we had uh, the privilege of uh, speaking to even uh, Minister David Papavisi uh, over the weekend at the encounter with uh, Michael and Anna Dow, and as we were talking with him, he, he does ministry over in Iraq. And sometimes he gets close to Saudi Arabia, and he was ministering the gospel on a beach where people did, if they confess that Jesus is Lord, they'll be stripped from their families. And he preached on a beach, and a man came up to him and said, he said, it's easy for you to tell me that. It's easy for me when you get to go back to America. It's easy for you to tell me that when you can go back to a nice little house. But if I say that Jesus is Lord, my family will resent me. I'll get put in prison. I might even die. Here in America, we can come in an air-conditioned building. We can hear it. But right now in the world, there is heavy persecution for those who believe in Jesus. Did you know that you should be praying for them? Not just praying for nice things every day. Now, I'm not here to say that God's not concerned with every little detail of your life, but I'm here to say the more that you invest into his heart, he'll take care of things without you having to make Christmas lists all the time. I'm telling you, there's a higher realm because when you see him in heaven, when you say, God, give me a greater glimpse of your glory, you realize that this world is full of vanity. Have you read Ecclesiastes? 
The, the wisest man in the world wrote that everything is vanity. It's all. There's a, time to, there's a time to be born and there's a time to die. This life is so short. Yet we treat it like it's, we treat it with too much weight. We treat our lives like our lives are God. We invest we make sure every little detail is put together. But I'm telling you, he's worthy of all of our attention to focus. And this is it right here. The power of death, that is the devil. And he released those, in verse 15, those who through the fear of death. Everyone say fear of death. So he released those who through the fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. Everyone say subject to bondage. He is saying right here, the reason he came to die, the reason he came to this earth and showed us, he defeated death so no longer would humans live to make every decision to preserve their own life. Did you know that death actually is why you make a lot of your decisions? You're afraid of lack because you might die. You're afraid of certain things, that the fear of death causes you to make so many decisions. And Jesus came to defeat the power of death so no longer would fear of death be the dictator of your decisions, but the fear of him would be the dictating of your decisions. Do you understand that? You've been freed, you've been liberated, that no longer do you have to say, well, what if this happens, what if this happens? Who cares about tomorrow? He holds it all in his hands. I need you to hear me. The reason I serve God with everything today is not for a breakthrough tomorrow. I serve God with everything today because every day he is worth everything. There's a lot of people that are taught to keep serving and your breakthrough is coming. Serve because he's worthy. Why? What has happened? Do you think God has to say, angels, if you worship me, I promise you I'll get you a new car. Sing a little bit more, please. Do you think God has to beg people, beg anybody in heaven to give? What is wrong? We don't know his worth. You have to pursue his worth. You have to pursue his worth. You have to. Your family depends on it. The future generations depend on, does your life reveal he's worthy? Or does your life reveal you love yourself too much to notice his worth? I want to repent before you all and repent before people. I'm sorry when I've ever lived a life before anybody here that didn't make him worthy. I don't, I don't want to ever give a perception that I like ministry just because of anything that has to do with this world. Did you know when, speaking of exposing the fake, do you know when Jesus multiplied the bread, that story we talked about earlier, in John 6, 15, it says that once Jesus discerned, do you know when all the people found out he could multiply bread for them, do you know what they wanted to do? They wanted to make him king. Doesn't that sound noble? Isn't that why Jesus came? So people would recognize him as what? King. When Jesus discerned why the people wanted to make him king, he deserted to a mountain to be by himself. What did Jesus do on the mountain? He prayed. Because he doesn't want to be made king because of people's selfishness. He wants to be made king because they see his worth, not what he can do. Because what he could do was multiply a bunch of bread. And they said, we want to make him king because he can, he can, he can make it rain bread. He can, he can do all these things. And Jesus refuted that. And he went to be alone to make sure. And why would he go to alone? Because he was tempted too. Could you imagine being the center of attention and everybody wanting to make you king? There's people in this room that wouldn't be strong enough. They would love the praise of man. 
That's why even when signs, wonders, and miracles go, what did Jesus even say sometimes when signs, wonders, and miracles happen? He said, don't tell anyone. Because he didn't want people to make him king for the wrong reason. Sometimes we're really quick to share everything God's doing in our life. Some of it should be secret place talk. I don't tell everybody everything I talk to my wife about. Amen. We got to get the fear of death out of our hearts and he's delivered it from us. Do you believe that tonight? That you can get fear off of your life. There are people that don't realize how fearful they are, but fear is easily revealed in situations. I'll never forget. I was actually, there was one time I was, this was not a, I was at a Bible college graduation. This was a long time ago. And we were on an elevator at a very big hotel. And we were like, it was like a 20 floor hotel. And we were on the 20th floor. And everybody, like probably like 15, 20 of us jammed inside of a elevator. And uh, a good friend of mine that I still talk to, <laughs> Isaac, when he was here, uh, he was there. <laughs> we, we, uh, somebody said, let's start jumping on the elevator. <laughs> How many people know that's not wisdom? <laughs> we all started jumping and the elevator stopped and it got stuck in between floors. And somebody there was claustrophobic. And this guy's usually super mellow. And all of a sudden, we're talking about like curse words started coming out, yelling and screaming and getting, and we were, we were all just like, man, it's going to be okay. <laughs> like, you know, and, and uh, this was when we were, I was at the river. So Pastor Rodney Howard Brown just yells through the uh, elevator. He says, you all better not be late to church tomorrow. I'm going home. And, uh, but we were stuck in this elevator. <laughs> and, but the reason I bring that up is because situations that you're not prepared for, I know that was like an imbecile way to get into a situation, but when people get fearful, all of a sudden there's people in this room, you might be, have a fetish with like certain animals or like a, a spider or bugs, and people don't realize that they, all their decisions are made because of that. And then even when it comes to personalities and emotion, like, don't say that around grandpa. Don't talk about politics. You know, don't talk, you know, all, that there's fear. And it's strongholds of not stepping on eggshells. Does anybody believe that Jesus cared about anybody's religious or fearful eggshells? No, in fact, he would call it out because he wanted to expose the fake. He wanted to expose what was worthless to reveal his worth. Amen. Revelation 12, 11 says this. It's a verse a lot of people should know well. It says, and they overcame him, speaking of the evil one, by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. But that's where a lot of people end quoting that scripture. But it says, and they did not love their lives to death. You overcome by the blood of the lamb, the word of your testimony, and not loving your life to the death. You can't overcome if you love your life. You can't because you'll always be in bondage to making decisions based off fear of preserving it. There's a higher calling. And in Luke 14, 26 is when Jesus speaks of actually hating your life, but not, not hating who you are in Christ, hating who you were before that, that that's not the life. That's why you gotta be so watchful. There's a lot of people that get born again and they still watch the same shows, they still listen to the same, do you know that that's not okay? It shouldn't, but we don't hear preaching like that anymore and people think that it's okay. There should be, the, the, the world is heading down a bad path, so if you get born again, you have new appetite. You have a new, new desires. And if you're noticing that you don't, it's because you're being conformed to the world, but you're not being transformed, which is back to Romans 12 too. Be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good, acceptable, perfect will of God. Now, in that, you have to understand that renewing the mind, that salvation breaks the yoke of bondage. Renewing the mind breaks the bad habit. 
Did you hear me? That salvation breaks the yoke of bondage. Renewing the mind breaks the bad habit. That you're free in Christ, but you have to renew your mind daily. You have to water your mind with the word. And that's why you're here tonight is to keep speaking the word and that you need to do this daily. And God, the Holy Spirit will help you in that. Amen. Is there people that can testify that they hear from the Holy Spirit when they're reading the Bible? Is there people in the room that can say, you see these hands going up? This is not just me. This happens to every believer that if you will give him your attention and read the word and ask the Holy Spirit. But once again, it's how you approach the word. If you approach the word as just a quick pick me up, that's what you're going to limit it to. But when you tremble at his word and you realize that you're sitting before the king, because Jesus is the word of God. John 1.1, 1, 1, John 1.14, 1, Jesus is the word of God. Revelation 19.13, he is the word of God. Matthew 6.24 tells us that no one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will be loyal to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon, and mammon is riches. It's just, but once again, the fear of death is that if you don't have enough. Is there people in this room that, and I, I just want to make sure we're having the same conversations because I, I, the enemy can get into anybody's mind and you have to understand that, is there people in this room that when you start making a little bit more money, you start thinking of how you can make more money? That, and I want everybody to know that's not a bad thought there, there's something that you have to realize that very quickly with influence and things like that, you got to make sure that you're increasing with your maturity in the Lord, not just in finances. Because if you increase in finances without the Lord, you will soon be very deceived. Do you see that? That if you're not, because the Bible says in uh, second, uh, or, uh, third, or second John, Beloved, I pray above all things that you would prosper in your uh, prosper in, in health as your soul prospers. So it's as your soul is prospering, all the other things will prosper in the proportion that God desires you to. There's a lot of people that say, I'll have more time to pursue God when I have more money. But what happens is they make more money and then they find they're more responsible trying to get more money and they have no time for God. I'll be able to serve God better when I get my breakthrough. I'll, I'll tell you what, you might be living your whole life in the wilderness. Everyone say, pursue his worth again. I just want to read these off to you, and then I want to read. I, I feel in my heart that I, I literally want to read to you three chapters of the Bible. Is that Okay. But what I, right before we do that, I just want to share a few things. But what I believe that when I read the word of God, I want you to respond to it like you believe it. Because that's, that's a huge thing when you're reading the word. If you just read, you see, God doesn't want us to read the word for information. He wants us to read it for transformation. He wants us to read it to invite us into the reality of the way he sees us and the way we should see him. So we need to know his worth. And we've, we've, we've already said a few of these things, but I really want to make sure there was a few things the Lord put on my heart that I wanted to share. That if the revelation of his worth does not penetrate your heart, you will lack in every attempt to live a life worthy of him. That his worth literally has to penetrate your heart. You have to realize who he is, what he's done. This is why... Paul talks about that the cross, the message of the cross is the wisdom of God because what is the fear of the Lord is what? The beginning of wisdom. So we go back to the cross. We go back to what God said about sin. And we have to understand that none of us could have made the human race perfect. Only one could do that. And it says through Adam's disobedience in Romans 5, through Adam, the first man ever created, his one act of disobedience caused a sinful nature to fall upon all of us. How much more should Jesus' obedience to God make us all righteous? 
But we have to believe it and we have to reverence it. We have to understand what has taken place. Now, with that saying, is that the revelation of his worth graces us with the ability to walk worthy. His worth leads us into a realm of worship that no self-effort could ever produce. I want to share that again. His worth leads us into a realm of worship that no self-effort could ever produce. Did you know when David had to encourage himself in the Lord that when he, did you know he didn't have the Holy Spirit on the inside of him? That he was, he had to try to galvanize. And a lot of times in American church, it's like we have to pull a lawnmower uh, 10 times to just get everybody in the groove. How many people are thankful tonight we went right in? But that's because of a culture of looking at him. That this doesn't, you can't just translate this and regu- Do you know that if what happens here just happened in very religious places, that we, it would get shut down or, that would, or it would expose or it would be refuted? And you have, to, you have to understand that God is raising up a people that see him for who he is. And as they're looking at him, they are so unmoved by the opinions of man that just seeing him deafens your ears to the opinions of man. That just seeing him, you're not, you're not moved by this world or what's going on. You just know. The Bible says in Romans 8 that the Holy Spirit and Jesus are making intercession for you. What a prayer team. Jesus and the Holy Spirit are praying for you. And what does the Bible say? Imitate Christ. What is he doing right now? He's interceding. How should we, how can we get more into the realm of his glory? Through intercession, through praying for one another, through getting our eyes off self and putting them on his worth. Amen. Turn with me to Ephesians 1. Every day, when we experience his worth, it should challenge our definition of what surrendering all was yesterday. Do you, want, do you get that? That when I experience him today, that should challenge my definition of all of yesterday. That when I see him today, it should challenge what, when I said I surrender everything yesterday, today his worth should challenge that definition. Because what I saw, what I thought was all yesterday wasn't all today. What I thought was everything yesterday is not everything today. Because as I get closer to him, his light reveals more of what true surrender is. But he's a good father, just like there's parents in the room that have children, that they're learning obedience, they're learning how to communicate. When, we, when a child throws its, his, his arms up, And says, he's saying, I want to be picked up. But through life, he has to learn more and more of what it means to come to mom and dad or to confess something or to share. But it just starts with, this is what I think all is. Or I think I'm communicating everything I have. Do you get what I'm saying? That a baby doesn't know how to communicate everything, but it thinks it's saying everything it needs to say. How much more with us as born-again believers? That we grow in maturity and surrender not in title. Amen. Nothing we experience in this life changes his worth. Do you understand that? No matter how good or bad your situation is, it does not change his worth. But experiencing his worth will change everything about you. I want to read Ephesians. And I want you to truly Hear this. This is the word of God. And it's going to lead us to the reason we call tonight walk worthy. Ephesians 1, verse 1. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God to the saints who are in Ephesus and faithful in Christ Jesus. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. 
just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love, having predestined us to adoption as sons by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will, to the praise of the glory of his grace by which he made us accepted in the beloved. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace, which he made to abound towards us in all wisdom and prudence, having made known to us the mystery of his will according to his good pleasure, which he purposed in himself that in the dispensation of the fullness of times he might gather together in one all things in Christ, both which are in heaven and which are on earth in him. In him also we have obtained an inheritance being predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will, that we who first trusted in Christ should be to the praise of his glory. In him you also trusted after you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also having believed, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession to the praise of his glory. Therefore, I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all the saints, do not cease to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of him, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of his calling, what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints, and what is the exceeding grace greatness of his power towards us who believe according to the working of his mighty power which he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his hand at his right hand in the heavenly places far above all principality and power and might and dominion and at every name that is named not only in this age but also in the one which is to come and he put all things under his feet and gave him to be head over all things to the church which is his body the fullness of him who fills all in all and you you he made alive who were dead in your trespasses and sins in which you once walked according to the course of this world according to the prince of power of the air and the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience among whom also we all once conducted ourselves in the lust of our flesh fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of our mind and were by nature children of wrath just as the others but God, who is rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved and raised us up together and made us sit together in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus, that in the ages to come he might show the exceeding riches of his grace and his kindness to, towards us in Christ Jesus. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is a gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. For we are his worksmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Therefore remember that you once were just Gentiles in the flesh who are called uncircumcision, but what is called the circumcision made in the flesh by hands that at that time you were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. But now in Christ Jesus, you who were once far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ for he himself is our peace who has made both one and has broken down the middle wall of separation, having abolished in his flesh the enmity that is the law of commandments contained in the ordinances, so as to create in himself one new man from the two, thus making peace, and that he might reconcile them both to God in one body through the cross, thereby putting to death the enmity. And he came and preached peace to you who were far off and to those who were near. For through him we both have access by one spirit to the Father. Can we begin to praise him right now? Praise him for his word. 
Now, therefore, you are no longer strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God, having been built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone, in whom the whole building being fitted together grows into a holy temple in the Lord, in whom you also are being built together for a dwelling place of God in the Spirit. For this reason, I, Paul, the prisoner of Christ Jesus, for you Gentiles, if indeed you have heard of the dispensation of the grace of God, which was given to me for you, how that by revelation he made known to me the mystery, as I briefly written already, by which when you read, you may understand my knowledge in the mystery of Christ, which in other ages was not made known to the sons of men, as it has now been revealed by the Spirit to his holy apostles and prophets, that the Gentiles should be fellow heirs of the same body and partakers of his promise in Christ through the gospel of which I became a minister according to the gift of the grace of God given to me by the effective working of his power. To me, who am less than the least of all the saints? This grace was given that I should preach among the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ and to make all see what is this fellowship of the mystery which from the beginning of the ages has been hidden in God who created all things through Jesus Christ to the intent that now the manifold wisdom of God might be made known by the church to the principalities and powers in the heavenly places according to the eternal purpose which he accomplished in Christ Jesus our Lord in whom we have boldness and access with confidence through faith in him. Therefore I ask that you do not lose heart at my tribulations for you which is your glory. For this reason I bow my knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ from whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with might through his spirit in the inner man that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith that you being rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width and length and depth and height to know the love of Christ which passes knowledge, all knowledge that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we ask or think according to the power that's at work within us. To him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. Amen. Praise him. Praise him. Praise him. Praise him. His word. It's his word. It's his word. It's his word. Jesus. Jesus. All of this is read, all of this is read to get to chapter four, where it says, I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you to walk worthy of the calling which you were called. We just read three chapters of what we were called into. Did you see Paul is saying, now walk worthy because he's praying for them that their eyes would be open to his worth. That they would know that they can't do this without him. That they, if they don't see his worth, they can't walk worthy. We have to see him, saints. Every day you have to pray. I lay the distractions down. Father, I lay the distractions down. Be the center of my affection, when I'm working my job, be on the throne of my heart. When I'm doing the dishes, let it be worship unto you. When I'm making the bed, let it be worship unto you. When I'm changing poopy diapers, let it be worship unto you. The enemy wants us to complain, but this life is going to be over. And do you want to stand before God with the laundry list of things you complained about? Or do you want to turn everything into a worship service now, just like it is in heaven? If you want, the angels are worshiping him. Come up here, saints. Come up here. When he says, walk worthy of the calling with which you were called with all lowliness and gentleness with long-suffering, bearing with one another in love. Did you see 
that if we want to walk worthy of the calling, we have to treat each other like we're Jesus' bride. Do you know if you treat me really well and you do all these nice things to me, but you ignore my wife and treat her bad, that doesn't make up for treating me really nice. Do you know how so many people love to worship God, but then they hate their neighbor or their neighbor is so annoying and despising to them? Bearing one another in love. Bearing one another in love. This is how you walk worthy with humility, gentleness, long-suffering, bearing with one another in love, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. Did you know that soon as there is division in the church, it's demonic? Soon as you hear somebody talk bad about somebody, you should stop them. Unless it's something that we're going to try to find a solution together, you should not speak poorly of people. Do you hear me? Because what is it? It's happened. What happened? What did they do? I'm telling you, saints, if we're, we're going to let him build his house, you've got to stop with gossip and discord. It will not be okay in his house. Amen? It's not okay. If you can talk behind people's backs, you haven't seen the stripes on his. There is one body and one spirit, just as you were called, and one hope of your calling. We're not talking about unity of religions. We're talking about unity of one name. One name, one spirit. We're not talking about let's all get along for world peace. This world will not have peace. There's only the Prince of Peace. And he came to bring a sword to this earth because this world is getting destroyed one day. He's destroying the heavens too because that's where Lucifer fell. He doesn't want a trace of sin anywhere. It's all being destroyed and we're seeing a new earth, a new heavens because he needs a new earth and a new heavens for his new creation, which is you in Christ Jesus. And one Lord, one faith, one baptism. We're doing water baptisms this Sunday. If you have not been water baptized, you need to be there. Amen. One God and Father of all who is above all and through all and in you all. If everybody could bow their heads.